This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Part of the recovery from the coronavirus will be the vaccines having a positive impact, but part of it is also an aspect of behavioral change that will give confidence to millions of Americans and people around the globe to take the vaccines. And that involves something called intention action gap that behavioral scientists use. So as a way to try and increase the action part of that scenario, the Wharton School's Behavior Change for Good program worked with Walmart recently to see what communication techniques will increase flu vaccinations. Wharton professor Katie Milkman, one of the people involved in this study, and she joins us to discuss their work. Katie, great to talk to you again. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Thank you. So lay out what the research really was looking for and what all was entailed in it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, we at the Behavior Change for Good Initiative had been interested in studying flu vaccinations for a long time and had been and, and trying to figure out how we could um, compel people who were on the bubble, if you will. They were sort of on the fence thinking, you know, I probably should get a flu vaccine, but it's a little bit of a hassle. And do I really want to go through it as it? And there might be, you know, maybe it's not totally safe. Maybe I'll get some symptoms. I don't know if it's worth it. Um, we were interested in that question long ago, but in March, when we were actually getting geared up to run a big study to see what would work to communicate more effectively about the flu vaccine with a couple of local um, healthcare organizations, we realized uh, with the COVID outbreak, there was a much bigger challenge that we could try to help tackle, which was if we could um, use the opportunity of flu season to test what really encouraged vaccination in a way that might be portable to the COVID-19 vaccine, we could make a really big positive impact. So we scaled up our ambitions quite enormously. Um, We have a team of about 125 scientists. We went to them and said, okay, scientists who study behavior change, come up with your best ideas. We had a tournament, 75 submissions came in. We got Walmart to partner with us in addition to two local health uh, organizations to large sort of hospital systems and, and healthcare organizations. And all three of those organizations worked with us to then deploy this fall different messaging strategies to different people. We tested uh, dozens of messaging strategies to see what was most effective at nudging people who were on that bubble who, you know, might be open to getting a flu vaccine, but we needed to try to encourage them to take the final step and actually get the shot. Uh, and we'll have the results back. And actually, just a few weeks, we're really excited just in time, as we'd hoped, uh, to try to influence and and, um, and effectively roll out messaging around a COVID-19 vaccine that now looks like we'll have uh, ready for distribution in early 2021. But is it, is it fair to say, Katie, that in general, you see a lot of people that have the intention of getting a flu vaccine, but they just don't follow through on it? Absolutely. And that is um, one of the key things I've studied in my career is these action intention gaps um, or sort of the last mile problem, if you will, where uh, we're sort of, you know, we're pretty convinced it's probably a good idea. But we have a little hesitation and uh, hassle factors or or the sense that, oh, this is going to be kind of unpleasant can get in the way if we don't get the communications right. And I think the COVID-19 vaccine is going to be a, a, a really important challenge for everyone who thinks about this kind of problem because, just looking at the poll numbers, we see back in April, for instance, uh, over 70% of Americans said they'd be happy to get a vaccine. Then in September, that number had plunged to 50%. So obviously, there are all sorts of things changing, right? The people were worried about the politiz- um, 
political components of uh, rushing yeah. a vaccine and safety and so on. But what that means is that those people, that big shift, is a group who is interested in the vaccine uh, at a high level, but, um, but you know, and they're, they're persuadable. They're yeah. not strong anti-vaxxers, but they need to feel like it's going to be safe and they need to be, um, and if they're, if they're not sure or they're a little hesitant, that we need to make it as easy as possible and as appealing as possible so that they come over and do get the vaccine so that we can achieve herd immunity. Now, now I understand you, as you said, you're working on what were the most effective messages, but if you can tell us what some of this messaging was like to people and what some of the responses have been back. Yeah, absolutely. And I can also tell you about some of the prior research where we already have results that has shown that this kind of technique can be useful. Um, we tested a lot of different things. Um, as I said, dozens of ideas. Let me tell you about one study that I particularly love done by a, a member of our team, Gretchen Chapman, in a previous flu season that inspired one of the things we tested here. Um, she ran a study where some people were randomly assigned to get messages from their employer um, telling them, hey, we've actually scheduled you for an appointment at a flu clinic to come and get a shot. Here's the date and time. Of course, you can reschedule if it's inconvenient, but, but here it is. You have an appointment to get a flu shot. And other people um, just got a message saying, hey, we have open office hours for flu clinics and you can schedule an appointment anytime you want. But they weren't told, here's your time. Right. Um, and the, the just message that allocated a time to someone, and by the way, these are walk-in clinics, so the appointment is sort of meaningless, right. uh, but it's, it's a framing device. It's to make people feel like there's a time reserved for them. That increased uh, vaccination rates dramatically. So actually, the, the very same size as Gretchen Chapman, who's at Carnegie Mellon University, one of the things she tested in our study was letting people know, hey, there's literally a vaccine, a dose reserved for you. It's got your name on it. And we wanted to see if communicating that to people via text message, hey, we've got a vaccine reserved for you, make sure you come and get it, would uh, increase the likelihood that people followed through. That was something we did with one of our health system partners. Um, another thing we tried was uh, letting, asking people to commit in advance, because there's a lot of research showing often in advance we want to do something, but when it comes down to getting through the hassle, we don't follow through. Um, but if we can get people when they're thinking big picture to commit, yes, I commit to get a flu shot and then remind yeah. them, of, them of that, uh, they're more likely to follow through because they, they don't want to break those commitments. So one team was just texting and asking people to, to text back and type back a message that they commit to get their flu shot and then sending reminders to follow up. Um, others were encouraging people to um, to message their friends and family to encourage them to get vaccinated yeah. uh, and by essentially turning you into a proselytizer for the vaccine, it can change your own psychology and your own likelihood to go, as well as helping encourage your friends and family. So those are the kinds of things we were testing. Um, and, and, and we, you know, we tested all sorts of messages. Like I said, there were some regional competitions, you know, Philadelphians, let's try to beat New Yorkers and get our rates up, those kinds <laughs> of things. It, it was really all over the map. And, and the exciting hope is that we're going to find some things that are big winners. But I also think even more saying that these tests are really large, and what they'll allow us to do is not only say, like, look, this is the best message. It, you know, it beats all the rest on average, but actually to tailor. So we'll be able to say, well, in this subpopulation, you know, women in their 30s in Philadelphia, uh, this, is, this is particularly effective. But when you look at, um, say, you know, African-American uh, men in their 60s in uh, Dover, you're going to get a different winner. And so we can try to figure out, you know, what kinds of messages 
hit home best for what subpopulations and then try to tailor the messaging when the COVID vaccine becomes available based on our learning. So that's a, that's an interesting element to this. And if you think about what the scenario has been about the, the vaccines we're going to see come out anyway, the expectation is it's not going to be just one vaccine that we're going to need. It's going to be a variety of different vaccines to be able to handle a variety of different people. And it's it sounds like you're you're basically saying the same thing in terms of the messaging that there are going to be a variety of messages that are going to work depending on who you're trying to reach. Absolutely. And really, you know, it depends on what the barrier is for the individual. You know, if, if your primary concern is a safety concern, um, if your primary concern is, hey, I don't think I need it because I'm 20 and I'm healthy and like, what are the odds that I'm going to die of this thing? Uh, and and then, then maybe we want to message you about how important it is to protect other people who you love. Um, right. Whereas if it's a safety concern, we want to we want to probably compel you to look at around and see how many other people have made the decision uh, to go ahead and, and get this vaccine, suggesting like people seem to feel that it's safe. The experts feel that it's safe. Uh, I'm assuming, of course, that we will be at that point. Um, yeah. And, and so that is, this is all based on the presumption that we are going to have a safe and effective vaccine, which is looking likely, but isn't obviously certain yet. Uh, but we're assuming that, and then we're trying to test these messages. And, and yes, absolutely, we're going to need to understand what's, what's holding someone back, um, what subpopulations, what subgroups have different concerns, and then and try to tackle those things. Final question then, what is the potential impact for the Walmarts and the, and the other companies that are going to be involved in in doing these vaccinations and the health systems as well, do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, for all these organizations, there's there's a lot of challenges, right? These are um, vaccines that need to be stored so far. The ones that are, are looking most promising at really cold temperatures, uh, and uh, so there, and there's you know supply chain issues. So so that's gotten a lot of attention. But what I think has gotten less attention is that um, even if we get the supply chain issues right, even if we get you know every um, corner drugstore to someday be supplying these. We have to get them into arms in order for them to, to change um, the course of the pandemic. And, and the messaging is going to be key to that. So the more that we can do in advance to, um, to equip organizations like the ones we've partnered with, we've partnered with Ped Medicine, Geisinger Health, and, and Walmart to make sure they understand what, what's the state-of-the-art science on how we can communicate to people to encourage them to put out their arm and get this vaccine so that everyone will be safe in the end, um, the more quickly and effectively we'll, uh, we'll get out of this pandemic. So I think it's, you know, it's really important to everyone and our partner on this and Walmart in particular, they really do view part of their mission as improving the health of their customers. And this yeah. is a way that they can, they can do that. Katie, great work by you and all your colleagues. Thanks very much for joining us. All the best to you. Thank you so much for having me and all the best to you too. Thank you. Katie Milkman, Wharton professor, great study that they're doing. And obviously it's going to be something very important uh, as uh, we get closer and closer to having vaccines uh, out in the public. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.